Welcome to the Room of Lives. I'm your host, Neil. In this final part of our conversation, my friend Benam talks about the constant presence of death and illness growing up and how it sped up the maturing of his perspective on life and mortality. about uh, let me see death family illnesses and the fact that um, both of your parents are in the healthcare service yeah 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 um, dinner table conversations consisted of uh, retelling hospital shenanigans yes let's let's take it uh, from the top death death yeah um, yeah death was like a a, a present thing in in my life growing up uh there was there was a fair amount of illness in my family um and i think that had a really really big impact on how i thought about things um put things into perspective maybe not necessarily in a good way but 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 began the process of understanding how to rectify you know really like silly banal things like giving your like UTID at the beginning of a semester rectifying that with like the fact that you're you know gonna die one day like 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 there's there's some spectrum that these sit on and they're not in the same area um I think I think each encounter with that kind of matured me a little bit faster than I would have without exposure to that and and while it was kind of in more concrete terms though like what exactly? What 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 deaths are you talking about? Okay, um, in my share. yeah yeah when I was twelve, my my aunt passed away from cancer. Uh, it was uh, metastatic breast cancer, so it was diagnosed, I think, in like spring of that year, and and she passed away in October, so it was very swift. Um, that side, that was my mom's sister and her family. Um, they've been, I think, the closest extended family and still are. Um, 
that we had growing up. Um, so it was, it was difficult to see how how lasting an effect that kind of loss has. Um, at the time, m- my cousin Julia was 18 when that happened. She had just gone off to college, and, and um, I think it was it was just really you know, challenging for her. It really changed her, and 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 so I kind of I kind of saw that I was only 12 years old, so I, I didn't really I didn't really have many tools with which to make heads or tails of that, but that that kind of began to, to be the cloud over over my extended family. Um, that continued because my my grandmother had Alzheimer's. Um, she had it since I was like six or seven. I have few memories of, few to no memories of her um, being totally lucid. Um, and that eventually degenerated um, you know, to where she died because she, I think, you know, forgot to breathe um, wait does that actually happen I, I mean I, I think there is there is eventually so, so, such a degree of degeneration that you like your your basic bodily systems mm. fail um, I mean she definitely like lost the ability to speak mm. um, and and yeah so it, it deteriorated and, and you know really just kind of like tick everyone down with him because you're seeing for my mom she's seeing the person that with her mother for her whole life disappear right in front of her. Yeah. Um, so this is, this was the first time I, I, like I was, you know, in the middle of the Bible belt, but to me, this idea that we have an essence or soul, um, was really being challenged right in front of me. I was like, this, this, this model makes no sense, um, in light of what I'm seeing this person become. Um, that's, I think that, yeah, cast some, some severe doubt for me on, on the, the idea that we have, you know, um, souls that are, that are extra material or something. Um, she passed away when I was 15. A few months before that, my sister had been, uh, diagnosed with, uh, Hodgkin's or no, non-Hodgkin's, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. It was, I can't remember. She had cancer. Um, and we found that out. That was, my second year of high school um and so she had to drop out and uh they caught it at stage four so it was it required some really aggressive uh, chemotherapy she went three eight months of chemotherapy um but was eventually in remission um the year she so she actually dropped out for that year and then went back to school the next year which is the year that i dropped out to do violin um that that moment when i was in the shower scrubbing my head was a week after I had or a few days after I had gotten a call from my mom that my grandmother had passed away um, and I couldn't make it to the funeral because I was in Czech Republic so I, there, those those were kind of the events that were like leading me to really seriously consider how I was spending my time and, and what was valuable versus what wasn't and, and you know what was I going to think when it was my turn if I how, I how I'd done it and if it was a good use of my time um and then the spring of that year that I took off, um, when I was playing a lot of violin, um, my sister and I were in a car accident. Uh, we were um, T-boned by a drunk driver um, who'd had like eight drinks. Um, I don't think he even, there's, I don't think any evidence that he even put on the brakes before he hit us. He was just like really, really drunk. Um, and he hit driver's side where my sister was sitting. Um, and 
she was in a wheelchair for six weeks. She had three hip fractures and a fractured shoulder. And um, I broke my nose, but I was mostly, it was just like muscle soreness. Um, but I couldn't play violin. I had a lot of bruising on my arm. I couldn't extend my arm. So I, I didn't play violin for a few weeks. And that was that was just another sort of like confirmation that, that most... <laughs> that the world must just be chaotic um that it that there's there is not um cosmic order to this mm. there's not like you know some sort of karmic balance um this is just like most of it's just chance and you just do with it what you do with it yeah. um i mean what's what's bad is also good yeah that means yeah, yeah no yeah it's just like, like it's nothing's just tying you down yeah yeah I'm no an asshole but <laughs> that was a really good laugh. <laughs> it definitely like yeah for a while like those were pretty desensitizing experiences i was i was not the most emotionally open person um i don't think i talked about my sister's illness with anyone for like two or three years after that i never talked about it with my family mm-hmm. i rarely if ever talked about it with her when i was in high school i didn't talk about it with anyone i just went about my business um, which I think was very detrimental like I, I in retrospect you know do that a lot could have been alleviated just, just by being able to verbalize and, and share with other people um, whether it was like my mom and dad or, or just even people that I didn't know that well um, sort of what that experience was like so it was less just so internal so sort of like Cryptid. Um, yeah, I would say those those were those were the main. Well, and then my, my grand my grandfather passed away my senior year. So so by the time I was eight, before I was eighteen, mm. most. Well, how's your sister now? By the way, um, she is in pretty good health. Actually. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Very glad to hear that. Yeah, we are too. Mm. Um, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, I. I am a big disbeliever in, in the um, cliche that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Um, I think that's absolutely not true. I think some things um, are debilitating. I think, you know, I mean, it's like obvious, right? It's like, what doesn't kill you make you stronger? Let me go chop off both your arms. Stronger? <laughs> no, no, you're not. You might, you might be able to gain the mental fortitude to get back on your feet and, and like still make something of your life. A lot of people won't, mm. you know, a lot of people that's, there, there are straws or logs that break their backs and it's like that's that was really hard to watch was was not necessarily the the illness itself or even the treatment which like chemo sucks and and really wrecks with you um wrecks you fucks with you yeah <laughs> um but getting back out of that and and regaining some semblance of normalcy i think is very challenging for a lot of people who go through that um, and elusive even so so that that was interesting to me was was it's like okay not only not only is the world kind of chaotic and things just kind of happen but some things can happen that will just fuck you up um, and and I mean I've since I've since kind of like taken that a little bit further with with you know that means that like there are still smart decisions I can make, right? Like it's like 
I would like to not die in a car accident, so I'll try to be as, as safe and responsible as I can be when I'm driving. That's what I can do mm. um, to mitigate the likelihood of that happening. Um, and also that because those things are true, they're just true. That doesn't, that doesn't stop me from, regardless of whatever hand I'm being dealt that day or that month or that year, trying to turn it into something good. Because that's that is that goes back to the agency thing. That's the power that I have, mm. um, or, or that you appear to have. That I appear to have, <laughs> 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 or, or that if I'm pre-programmed to have, great. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so those those I think were really formative to me in 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 I guess growing me up. I don't know. It, it changed. It changed me a lot. I think I would be a very different person if my grandparents were still alive and my sister had never gotten sick. Mm. Um, and if my, my aunt had never gotten sick, I'd be a very different person. Mm. Um, That's interesting that you speak of it, of death and illness in this way, because I think I've always had a very uncomfortable relationship uh, with death, just like a refusal to have any kind of relationship. Oh, interesting. Yeah, which, um, I don't know, I guess has changed to a slight extent but I wonder how much yeah. I, I well I mean it it takes so many different forms for me too I think I sometimes worry I, th- I feel like I'm at my best when I'm most aware of my mortality I feel like that that is the only thing that I've seen consistently contextualize things in a way that allows me to be brave compassionate mm-hmm. and and um, unattached to things um which is kind of scary to me because like I don't want to always be cognizant of death. It's a really not fun thing to constantly be thinking about. Yeah. Um, but but I think it in the right in the right light it, it does it has actually like been a really helpful thing. It is it, like it was like one of the things they think that made it seem worthwhile for me to drop the violin and ask if there's another way to live mm-hmm. my life. You know, because I was like I, I actually like. I'm very well aware that like 20 years down the road is not guaranteed. Five years down the road is not guaranteed. Yeah. And, and, and if, and if I make it 15 years down the road thinking that at 20 years down the road, I'm going to be happy. Mm-hmm. And that's when it stops short. What a sick joke. Yeah. Cause that actually happens. Like, you know, mm-hmm. infants die, children die. Mm-hmm. People, people younger than me have died. People who've experienced what, you know, I would maybe call not that much and are older than me have died. And that was it. That was your life. Mm. Um, True. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, well, like like I said earlier, the fact that I mean, you used to be a violinist in a conservatory, and you you told me already how important uh, their hands are. <laughs> and the fact that I led you into this um, 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 the social bike ride thing, and at the first turn you fall <laughs> off your bike. It turns out you fractured your fingers. You seem to be just. I'm like, eh, okay, well, I have fractured fingers now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm very surprised by the. You were supposed to play the violin at the Molotov seminar next Friday, and I'm like, okay, we'll have to find a different topic for you. <laughs> that's it. So, yeah, that's that's very commendable, I think. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Um, that this is so. This maybe is is where the healthcare professional thing comes into play. because yeah. um, it's like. I think I think my parents have seen so much death and illness. Like it's like, 
well, that's already, that's like, we knew that was going to happen. So now what do we do? You know, it's like, they're just like ultra pragmatic about it. Yeah. Um, in, in a way that like I thought was normal and didn't realize that that's not normal until I met yeah. a bunch of other people. Um, yeah. Cause like to them, it's like, okay, crack up in your head. Let's take you to the hospital get some staples in it. You know? Yeah. Um, and I think, I mean, thing, things with like physical health are, are mm. kind of split for me because that, that on one end, it's like, I remember what you were saying at your Molotov seminar about feeling this inextricable like like link or, or, or symbiosis between mental state and physical state. It's like, I, for me, in a lot of ways, I feel like I'm really just like, yeah, uh, sack of meat with some wires. And it's like, how I treat my body is... is really closely related to how I am mm. in my mind and how I, how I feel and experience the world. Um, so I do, I do try and, and be cognizant about how I treat my body, how I eat and those sorts of things. Um, that's something that I've grown into. It's not, I think that's like another thing that like mortality, death, deciding what to do with my life, um, has forced me to consider a little bit more. Um, but at the same time, it's like, uh, I peaked at like 16, right? Like that was, that was when my body was like most youthful, most, yeah, yeah, most yeah. like, like yeah. is, from now yeah. on, it's just maintenance, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, but just, no, even if you, it feels like, so for example, I feel like locally I'm getting better because I started going to the gym like a couple months back, <laughs> but it's like, I'm trying to reach the, the, the extrema of a decaying envelope. Right. 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 And the right. moment I, moment the intersection happens despite my best efforts yes. i'll start to, <laughs> i'm like okay this is the best it's gonna be you know i just haven't reached the 100 percent but what the 100 percent means is decaying steadily yeah <laughs> <laughs> there will come a day when despite you know just going 24 7 to the gym it's my my body is down. going to start degenerating yeah yeah so in my mind i'm like i know that's gonna happen so i can i can I can do what I can to, to mitigate that and, you know, mm. um, I can do what I can with what I have. Like, like to me, it's like, uh, it's kind of pragmatic, right? It's like, well, what's my body for? Like, what, what am I using it for? Like, I'm using it to make music. I actually have so many different ways to make music now. Mm. It doesn't have to be on the violin. It doesn't have to be on the cello. It doesn't have to be on the guitar. Yeah. I can, like, you know, sing and then, like, bump the octave down a few, like, invert it, and then it sounds like a, I don't know, like a blue whale or something like, yeah. it's like that's that's all on the table so and I mean I've got like school going on and other stuff so it, mm. yeah this isn't this isn't like it's not so everything there's not a big deal yeah yeah well it doesn't have to be right like it, it, yeah. I've chosen not to to make it like like my life is deliberately in such a way that not that much rides on mm. this one finger yeah because that's silly uh yeah, it's, yeah i don't know it's like it, it, to me it's like I, I i know i'm not going to be uh just totally equanimous you know that's just like that's not gonna happen so instead it's like how can i but can you be okay with that <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, it's, i mean instead it's like, like like you know like i'm just gonna like make the game easier you know it's like yeah. that's that's what i am capable of doing i've got you know the brain cells to be like i understand i understand myself well enough to know these are my limits and i can 
I can make some deliberate choices about which of those limits I want to actively tackle and move and change. But the rest of them, I can I can not be an idiot and and just yeah. you know set myself up for success and not failure. Um, so like you know one limit being like when I'm invested in only one thing and have no other um, activities or or avenues that I explore that bring me joy and or might bring me money and that I'm invested in like I'm gonna freak the fuck out if that one like gets put on the line right like that's just like like I'm I'm not be I'm not better than that mm. at all yeah <laughs> um, yeah alright fuck it we're done yeah we're done no, well, well anyway <laughs> thanks no I shouldn't really should make it that abrupt uh, thanks a lot thanks thanks for being on my podcast thank you it's been a long me. fucking ass podcast yeah, huh? what time is it Oh, amazing. Thanks for joining us today in the Room of Lives. Take care. Until next time.